This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. All right. Well, hey, welcome to the War Room, Mike. It's great to have you here today. And it's always a pleasure for me to get to host other veterans. I don't get to do that a lot because there's so few of us that are in business. Um, I did get the pleasure to have Robert Kiyosaki on, though. That was pretty cool. He's an ex-Marine. Well, what do they say? Prior Marine, I guess. They're always a Marine. (laughs) Former Marine, whatever they say. Um, anyway, so it's great to have you on the show. Can you take just a quick 30 seconds and introduce yourself to the audience and talk a little bit about Ariel Resupply Coffee? Yeah. So, hey, thanks for having me on. So my name is Mike, uh, Mike Clemmer. I am the CEO and founder of Ariel Resupply Coffee. Uh, it's a uh, pre- it's a veteran-owned coffee company that is really about supporting those who support others and focused on really a apolitical approach to the veteran-owned coffee space uh, focused on vets, law enforcement, their families, uh, and really more of a family-friendly branding uh, in terms of, uh, you know, trying to be more inclusive than divisive. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's good stuff. It seems like veterans like really, uh, uh, gravitate around the coffee thing. I mean, it makes total well, sense, but I mean, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because because I think a lot of people have seen what other people have done, right? So, yeah. like, everybody sees the big dog in the room, and they're like, "Well, if they can do it, I can do it," right? Yeah. Right. And I don't think people understand that there needs to be differentiators in the market, and it seems like a lot of people just do the same thing and clone it, and then wonder why they aren't succeeding. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Well, you know, just to kind of kick things off here, um, which kind of starts our conversation is, you know, did you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs or business owners, veterans? You know, no, actually, like that? no. So my family, uh, nobody is an entrepreneur in my family. My my dad was a uh, financier. He worked predominantly for um, state-run pensions and helped mm. manage that. My mom was a librarian. And uh, me and my brother both served in the military. I went into the army and I guess he chose correctly and went into the Marine Corps. And, uh, you know, at least that, according to my dad, because my dad was a Marine. But uh, and so, you know, but they nobody has ever done what I've done, which is kind of step out and try to do something and build something on their own. So this is all new to my family. It's new to me and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm interested. I mean, did you have that? Was that bug there and it just presented itself after you left the military then or because i mean you you kind of either got it or you don't at some point i really kind of think that's the truth because i myself came from a family of entrepreneurs but but and i had that bug all the way through the army and when i was in the military and was it there did you feel it like picking at you a little bit the whole time you're in the military and and then got out you know not so much i think i think for me what I, what I realized was that 
I wanted something to like, I was so used in the army to being, to having all of my time taken away, whether it was, mm. you know, being a field grade officer and being in KD positions or, you know, just being in high demand op tempo environments. And then when I got out of the military, you know, I was working eight 30 to four 30 and I'm like, is this it? Like, what else is there? And, you know, I go home at five and I'd spend time with my family and be with my wife and kids and be happy. And, you know, this is great. But then it was always like, well, what else do I do? And so I looked at, you know, I make a play video games, but that's not, you know, that's, that's not something that I want to do. And so I had this space and this challenge that I needed. And I said, well, why not do something that I can build on my own? And I kind of gravitated towards building or starting a business. And what started as an experiment has turned into something much more. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting how, I mean, I think that's how a lot of veterans get started. They get started with kind of toying around with things. They get bored. And, you know, I know a guy, he's a knife maker and he just started it out as a way to like keep the demons in the box. Right. Mm -hmm. And he started his own little foundry and now he's running a little wonderful little knife company. Um, so it's interesting how, you know, I think most of us think the same. It's like you're so used to that go, 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 go mentality. And then it just stops one day, right? You get your DD-214, you walk out and it's like over just like that. And well, I think the other part of that too, though, is, is that we're so used to being told what to do that when mm -hmm. it finally comes time to, you know, if you want to look at the army is that, you know, if the tower is always telling you what to do, right? Yeah. Well, when the army goes away, there's no tower. So, mm -hmm. you know, going to another company or going to another nine to five job is essentially changing the tower, but no, you know, you, you kind of accept that you're still going to be told what to do and starting your own business is the ultimate. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to run it the way I want to run it. And it's either going to sink or swim on my efforts or my decisions. And that's freeing because it's something that you're not really allowed to do inside the army, even though they give those terms disciplined initiative, right? Like you're allowed to like make decisions within the confines of somebody else's, you know, guidance, but it's not the same as being able to create something out of thin air and say, I I'm going to do it this way. And then if it doesn't work, change it immediately on the fly, because you know, that needs to happen without waiting for somebody to approve it through bureaucracy. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I'm curious though. I know we, we kind of hit on this a little bit, but, you know, talking about the coffee space and all yeah. this stuff, right. The, uh, you know, choosing that was very deliberate to choose like the coffee space. Right. So that's right. Uh, what, what drove you to that? Couldn't it just be been because you'd seen other successful people do it. There must've been more to it than that. There was, there was. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I, when I transitioned out of the army and I retired, uh, in the job search and, you know, everything else, it, it became this, it, it became almost repetitive in the way that it happened. Everything was about, let's grab a cup of coffee. Let's get a cup of coffee. <laughs> let's go, let's go do this. And it all revolved around coffee. And so I took a couple different things. I looked at that and I said, well, okay, relationships are built on coffee, right? I'm building a lot of coffee. I'm building a lot of relationships. It's all centered around the strength. I'm not really having a lot of, Hey, let's go grab a beer. Uh, and, and so there was that part of it. The other part of it was, you know, I want, I've always wanted to support veteran owned businesses, but there's never been veteran owned businesses that are focused on 
the combat service support side of the military, the logistics side of the military, the companies that you always see rise to fame are all the ones that are Navy SEAL run, special forces, you know, have these cool stories, do a lot of, you know, crazy stuff. And that's because that's what sells. So it sells movies, all that stuff, right? Sure. So I looked at both those things and I said, well, why isn't there a brand that exists for me? Why isn't there a brand that exists for my wife or for other military spouses? And so, you know, I made the deliberate decision to enter the coffee space because there's a market gap. There's a there's a brand identity gap where everything is towards the 18 to 25 year old trigger puller who, you know, is obviously, you know, wants to be SF or likes what's what they see from the from the media aspect of it. But like their wives aren't going into the PX buying a bag of coffee with graphics on the front of it that they don't want. Like they're not doing that. So yeah. we're missing an entire segment of people in the military that I want to fulfill. And that's where aerial resupply came in. Man, that's such a, that that's thought out, man. I will tell you that's very thought out. And what's on the sled going out the door behind you. So this is uh, I found this photo on the internet. It's not mine. Oh, I wish it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's cool. It's, but it's cool. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it encapsulates what I did. So I spent a couple of yeah. years in Afghanistan I think like a lot of us did or mm -hmm. in Iraq and uh, I got to load a lot of these things up and I got a chance to stand on a couple C-130s when they were pushing stuff out the door like this, which was cool. And, yeah. you know, really harkens back to like what I like about logistics, which is getting stuff from point A to point B. And a lot of, a lot of people very happy to see these pallets come out of the sky because it means they get to eat for a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> I have funny story. Um, it, since it's relatable to that, uh, <clears throat> I was a might have been a spec four at the time. This was way back in the nineties, and uh, so we ended up with rigor duty. We got yeah. rigor duty on Fort Campbell, Kentucky, the hundred first, right? And so we had to rig a D ten dozer. I think it was a D ten, right? Okay. And, so we rigged this dozer up, you know, and then they come and inspect it and do all this stuff. And and then we got to go out to the to the drop zone when they for them to drop it, right? Yeah. And they pushed that son of a bitch out and that it burned in like <laughs> like a lawn dart, right? Just comes whole, flying in. The whole that thing left was amazing. There was just chunks of dozer everywhere and Man, we had to like sit through investigation hearings and all kinds of stuff over it. It was crazy. And uh, anyway, that's kind of off topic, but no, no, no. All I, I use the phrase <laughs> "all good things come from the sky," and so like you know, it, it, it's true. It's it's you see all these things like they had the, the you know the the two events that I like you know that were public was you know the one seventy third drop where they dropped the Humvee and they those soldiers got charged because they intentionally rugged, rigged the Humvee to break apart in flight. Right. I'm sure that thing was, you know, a pancake when they went to go look at it. <laughs> and then the other one I liked, which I can't remember the guy's name, but he was the one who did a did a drop from 82nd Airborne with a fish in a water bottle. And he held it up and as he was parachuting down. And he was like, you know, combat fish, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's soldiers funny. will be soldiers, man. Yeah, well, hey. I remember guys freaking air assaulting out of their windows and the barracks and stuff. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. All good stuff. And you know what? Joe will be Joe. And that's just the way it is. That's so. right.
eventually you don't really ever grow up. So <laughs> I don't want to grow up either, to be quite honest. Same. So you lose innovation once you start growing up too much. That's for sure. But, that's right. But anyway, well, hey, I'm curious as far as, so, you know, Ariel Resupply Coffee and, you know, if you had, if you could share like a couple of nuggets with a new founder that's coming up today, maybe he's a veteran, maybe she's a veteran, maybe not, doesn't matter. But if you could share like a couple of struggles that you had that you could help them avoid that arrow in the back, what what would be a few things that you could share? Yeah. So when I started this, uh, I didn't know how to do any of it, like zero. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it was some common sense of, okay, well, I need to start an LLC. I need some insurance. I need a way to transact, right? Because I'm selling a product. So I need a backbone to be able to sell something and, and take mm -hmm. a credit card. I need a bank. Like, you know, and I had to really think through how would I, how would a customer find me? How would they buy it? How would it go through the system? How would it get fulfilled? How would it end up in their hands? What would it look like? And so I would say, you know, when you're starting this, if you don't already have that planned out, just go to the store, go to the store and find something that you like and pick it up and start thinking as you hold it in your hand about how it arrived there, right? Like how did it get to your hand in that moment and start working backwards, start investigating, start asking people, right? Companies you know, there's a lot of good people out there, especially veterans who will tell you how it all works. And, you know, the one thing that I use is I use LinkedIn predominantly because it's where decision makers are. It's where the professional community goes to. And it's also where you can just find a vet inside of a company and be like, I really want to ask you a question. Can we talk? 95% of veterans will, will absolutely answer it. They'll take time out of their day. They'll sit there with you and they'll be like, hey, this is what, what you can do. This is how these things work. And then you get a better sense of what's going on. If it, It's hard to find it elsewhere. Like here in Charlottesville, there's a, there's a small community, but there's only like six veteran-owned businesses here. That's not high. And I don't right. know, you know, and so like that networking takes is harder. So that's that's number one. Number two is don't pay for things, not initially, unless you have to do CapEx expenditures, which is capital expenditures for equipment. I would say- there's a, there's a couple books out there and I don't know the names of them off the top of my head, but they're like, it's all about lean startups, right? And I would say, if you don't know what you're doing and you don't really know what business you want, adopt the lean startup mentality, which is you you take on the bulk of most everything and you spend as little money as possible to get yourself up off the ground. And you know it's a test, right? What you're trying to do is you're trying to test whether or not your product is even viable in the market. And if it's not, you can shut it down very quickly and not lose a lot of money. So that that's like, I would say the two tips. And then the third tip I'll say goes back to your creation of your LLC. Think of your LLC. And I would absolutely tell anybody who's going to start a business to start an LLC from day one, right? You don't mm -hmm. need to, I would do it. There's a couple of reasons why, but the most important thing here is don't name your LLC the exact same thing as whatever your brand is going to be. Because if you're, if, if you can have your company and you can you can sell 50 different products or have 65 different innovative ideas. But if you name your company after a brand that fails, then you're going to have to go re-register the LLC. 
just do what's called doing business as and DBAs, change your name to reflect whatever it is you're doing at the moment. So you could name it, you know, Mike Clemmer LLC or Mike Clemmer Enterprises and then DBA Aerial Resupply Coffee. And mm -hmm. that way, nobody ever sees the LLC name unless you're officially transacting. But it's it's a way to make sure that you don't shut down a business entity if you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all great tips, especially for somebody new that's getting in the foxhole and getting started, especially number two with lean. Um, uh, if you don't know what the uh, the idea behind money phasing is, um, that's something to really look up is how to phase your money in. If you infuse, uh, if you infuse your business, say you put up, you get a hundred grand, you figure it out and then you start. Uh, you start the business. What you've done is started a clock that says, okay, I got enough cash reserves for the next year, right? So now you started the clock. You're never going to feel stress. The stress will come at two weeks before the year, right? But if you money phase, that means you starve the business, right? <laughs> as much as possible until it becomes cash flow positive, And then you can phase the next, the next pieces in it. Um, a good friend of mine taught me that years ago, and man, I got to tell you what, it's it, it's probably very much on the same line as the lean model that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And the second you put yourself on a clock, you train your business how to treat you. <laughs> and once you do that, you get into bad habits, and then those bad habits become cyclic, and you're probably going to fail. So, sure. Um, I agree with that. It just, it just is what it is, but well, well, great. That's just good tips for sure. Um, how do people get a hold of you? If, uh, if they want to like buy a bag of coffee, I'd love to buy a bag of coffee myself and try it. Two ways. Uh, well, actually there's multiple ways. So aerialresupplycoffee.com. That's my website. You can find me there. You can also find me on Amazon. If you buy on social media, which some people like to do. You can actually buy through Facebook or Instagram. Mm. Uh, they have the live stores that you can get. And then uh, I'm actually working really hard to get into local grocery stores here. So hopefully that happens sooner than later. And then you'll have a retail avenue uh, for what I'm doing. And so, uh, but you can find me on all sorts of social media, Aerial Resupply Coffee. Uh, I'm on all the major ones. I might not be great at all the major ones, but I'm there. And you can, <laughs> if you reach out, if you reach out through messaging, then the person you're going to get is me because I manage all of it. And there you go. One man band per se. That's right. right. <laughs> Pluses and minuses of that too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no doubt. But well, hey, so kind of just rolling this out uh, to an end here is uh, I always love to, uh, you know, ask this question because the answer, there's no wrong answer for it, period. Sure. I mean, I've heard everything from Jesus to Buddha to kids to grandparents and so on and so forth. So for you, if you could have invited anybody here today from any place in time, dead or alive, doesn't matter, uh, to either participate or just listen in, who would have you loved to have here today with us and why them? So this is going to sound strange, uh, but it's kind of goes into my background. So it would probably be Ho Chi Minh. And the reason for that is, um, so like I studied a lot of logistics history, thanks to the army. Um, and there's really one, there's really a phase in time that I think is really interesting in the Vietnamese history, which is 
right at the Battle of Dien Bien Phu up until the time when uh, the U.S. got involved in the 60s. And I would have loved to hear Ho Chi Minh talk about how the and I think it was him. If I'm wrong and somebody's going to listen to this and be like, it wasn't Ho Chi Minh, it was somebody else. My bad. <laughs> Whoever that is, I'm sorry. Um, but 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 the the decision on how they were going to do the planning for the logistics to move all of the artillery pieces up onto the hills surrounding the, the valley of Dien Bien Phu to take out the French. I, I would love to hear what went through their minds and how they came up with that or what what they saw and how they learned about what was going to happen to make that happen because that was a um that was a logistical feat in one case it was it was it was a logistical failure on the part of the French and it was a logistical success and a feat on the part of the Vietnamese and I would have loved to just kind of hear that side yeah yeah it's it's interesting me and my neighbor Don we were talking last night Every Monday night we get together and uh, have a beer and a shot and a cigar and watch. Well, I guess we're on women's figure skating now because there's not, nothing else on. But, but he's a former Marine recon guy from Vietnam. And uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, back in the Civil War and how they used to fight and all that stuff. And, you know, just line up and just shoot at each other. Right? Right. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about logistical failure holy crap awful right right and uh just no tactics and then then it didn't and really until the the militias and stuff started doing the guerrilla warfare stuff did it really start to turn into what it is more of today for sure right but but yeah it's interesting the you know the i, I was a i was a bullet bullet thrower i was an 11 series guy and uh you know, there were always a few people I loved to see every day. <laughs> that was the chow truck, mm -hmm. the chow, whoever was bringing chow, whoever was bringing bullets, and whoever was delivering the mail, all logistics, right? And, you know, because without the logistical parts of things, wouldn't operate at all. And, you know... It's it, you have the the glorified side, and then what I call the unglorified side of it, that, that uh, uh, seems to exist that way, at least. Well, and that's why aerial resupply coffee even exists, right? Yeah, because right. the unglorified side of everything to bring bullets, beans, and gasoline to everybody. Mm -hmm. Nobody, you know, they're going to make movies about Zero Dark Thirty and all the seals that went in to take Osama bin Laden. Nobody's going to do a movie about the maintainers and the people that built those helicopters to even do that. And nobody's right. going to build, nobody's going to write a movie or a story about the, about the guy who drove the 2,500 gallon Hemet onto the flight line with the Avgas to be <laughs> able to put it into those birds. They're not doing that. Right. right. But yeah. none of that happens. So like, you know, and look, special operators are, are a great community. I love them. Right. Because they are the tip of the spear. Some of the things they do are, is crazy. But they couldn't do what they do without the rest of us. And, uh, you know, and they know that. I mean, ultimately, sure. I think everybody knows it. But it's a team effort. It's not to say what mm -hmm. they do is better than what we do. It's just we're the unsexy part of the military that just makes yeah. sure everybody has what they need. Yeah, that's it. Well, hey, Mike, it was a pleasure to get to have you on the show. I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Um, 
I always say we all have the same 168 every week. And thanks for stopping by here for 30 and uh, spending it with me and educating our audience a little bit of your pains and struggles and wins and all those good things. And, and uh, your experience, I'm sure there was, well, I'm not sure. I know for sure there was some good takeaways out of that for the audience. So thank you, brother, for being here. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Happy to do it again in the future when I'm much bigger and I can talk a little bit more about it. There you go. You can push Black Rifle off the pedestal. Hey, (laughs) it's it's a goal. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Boy, there's some content producing fools, I got to tell you. Amazing. That's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, brother. Cheers. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.